What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, May 3rd, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 354. Uh, I hope it's that. Yes, it is that, because the last one is 53. Yes, 354. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a great time in between shows. Hope you are well. Uh, I can tell you this, guys. Finally, uh, we've had three days of in the 80s. So basically, this year said, fuck the spring. We're going from winter and snow right to summer and hot. Uh, it seems like that. Knock on wood, but it, you know we are in uh, May, and it's, it literally took till fucking May. And I never thought I'd be somebody to talk about the weather. People talk about the weather all the time. Like, yeah, shit is crazy out here. Right? Fucking weather. And you're like, yeah, all right, that's old people talk. But like, it literally got to the point where everybody was like, it's literally flurrying and snowing in April. What's going on? It is 45 degrees one day, 60 the next day, 37 the next day. It was weird. And it seems like May, literally since it started May 1, uh, May 1, 2, and and three now, we've had uh, weather in the 80s. Uh, you could just walk around in a t-shirt for the first time. It almost feels like, it, you know, we're cheating and something's going to go, you know, awry and, and then we're just going to be cold again. But this is awesome. So sitting here uh, from this sick mountain view up here in um, beautiful, uh, I guess you could say upstate New York. No, not upstate New York. I would say northern Westchester area here in New York with um, unbelievable weather here. Uh, you know, I was able to walk around New York City with a cigar last night outside and feel very comfortable. So, uh, yeah, felt good. And, you know, it's, uh, it's time. It's time to throw off the pants, throw a little shorts on. You know, maybe some flip-flops and a comfortable T-shirt and relax. Uh, at least that's what I'm doing uh, for today. But I can't do the flip. You know, there's just something about flip-flops, like walking around. Sebastian Maniscalco's got a point about that. You know, like going into a, like, you know, going into like a a restaurant or a deli in flip-flops, even though it's fine and it's hot and other people have it, I feel like you should only do that if you're at the beach. And even then, you gotta, you know, it's, it's a little, you know, put some shit on your feet is what I'm saying. A uh, lot of stuff to talk about on the show today, guys, for two, uh, I mean, for 354, a ton of stuff. We have um, Kanye West. I want to, you know, quickly not get into it too much, but the uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner with uh, Michelle Wolf, who I know and is a friend of mine. Uh, I want to talk about that. want to talk about, um, you know, everything going on uh, with the Kanye West thing. Want to talk about how the Yankees are flying right now. Want to talk about uh, performing in Atlantic City. Uh, got a movie to talk about. And, um, of course, uh, Unacceptables. I don't know how many Unacceptables I'm going to be able to get to this week. Because there is a lot of stuff to talk about. I will see. But don't let that deter you from sending them in. Because I will definitely read uh, read the good ones. I just don't want to dedicate so much of the show to uh, to to the unacceptables. I try to keep a good balance, as you guys know. Uh, also, big announcement right at the top of the show. Want to let all of you know 
Um, we will be doing the uh, Kevin Longto benefit. My, uh, you know, late great brother-in-law, uh, Kevin Longto, who um, lost his life in, in a, you know, in a way that many, many people and many, many kids and many, you know, people all over right now is an epidemic with drugs and uh, heroin. And, um, you know, we are not, uh, you know, we are, are doing the right thing and we're, le- we're not just going to sit back and have that happen to, uh, you know, my brother-in-law, my, my wife's brother, um, you know, great guy and, and just, uh, you know, it's a really sad, sad situation. But what we do is we raise money every year for a charity called Kevin's Web and it goes to helping this um, epidemic of these uh, opioids that are killing killing people every day. These heroin overdoses are up so much. The numbers are up so much. And it's not just happening in bad neighborhoods. It's happening everywhere. It's happening in fucking, you know, ski resort areas. It's happening in, in you know, uh, white neighborhoods, black neighborhoods. It's happening in Manhattan. It's happening in Queens. It's happening in Jersey. All over the place. Um, nobody is immune to this. Okay, Uh, having money doesn't matter. People are fucking using this terrible drug and ODing all the time. And we, for the fourth year now in a row, we will be at Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. One of my favorite comedy clubs in the country um, on June 10th. That is a Sunday night, June 10th, 7 p.m. Come out, bring somebody. If this has touched you, if you know somebody that it's touched, bring them out. It's going to be just an amazing celebration of life. It's going to be an amazing show and comedy lineup. We're going to raise money. We're going to be having, uh, there's going to be raffles. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't know exactly what we're going to have this year, but, you know, in previous years, we've had uh, tickets to ball games. We've had the NFL Players Association send a bunch of memorabilia. We've had all kinds of amazing, um, all kinds of amazing gift giveaways. Um, this year, we're in talks with an animated company, uh, like either you know, like the the DreamWorks or the Blue Sky Studios that do the movies, like Ferdinand and all that stuff. Um, so we're in the talks with that company about having some stuff out, so you can get your raffle, you can uh, you can eat, you can drink, and you're gonna watch an amazing lineup. We're putting together the lineup. Um, you know, in the next week or so, uh, just so you guys know, previous lineups, obviously I'm on all the shows, it's my brother-in-law, this is something that I put together, but uh, people that have been on the show, uh, Bill Burr, Artie Lang, Dan Soder, Jim Florentine, Bobby Kelly, Uh, there's just been, there's just been so many uh, great people, you know, on the show, Sal Vacano from A Practical Jokers came out, um, you know, my buddy Chris Lambert came out, Greg Stone came out, uh, I know I'm forgetting somebody who's going to be upset, but, um, anyway, it's, um, it's a, a sick lineup every year, all right, and it's just for the money and for the show, you're going to be blown away, and I can honestly say that, you're going to see, you know, some of the best comedians, not just in New York, in the fucking country, all in one night. Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live came out. Um, so it, it's just going to be, it's going to be a night of just, it's going to, the show's going to rock. 
You know, the house is going to rock with comedy, basically, at 7 p.m. Sunday night, June 10th, Palisades Mall, West Nyack, New York, at Levity Live on the top floor um, by the Target, which is a weird thing to say because you're like, how could this be one of the nicest clubs? And it's, you know, you got to see this place. You're literally in a mall. You're walking past all that shit, Hot Topic or whatever the fuck you're walking past. McDonald's, this, that, Auntie Anne's fucking Cinnabon, all this shit. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you see this thing that says Levity Live and you walk in and there's just an incredible bar and lobby area. And then you walk into a 350 uh, seat showroom. 350 seat showroom with an insane stage. They've shot HBO specials here. It's amazing. All right. So uh, please check that out. It's for a great cause. It's for my family. It's for my um, memory of my uh, late brother-in-law, Kevin Lanto. It's called Kevin's Web. We're going to raise money. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And this year is going to be no exception. I'm already putting people on the show. And right now I can tell you uh, it's going to be me so far and Jessica Kearson, who is an absolute fucking savage. Okay, so uh, it's we're already off to a good start, and it's just going to get better and better. Okay, so um, there you go. There's going to be, sometimes there's even surprise pop-ins like Artie Lang showed up. Check that out June 10th at the Palisades Mall, 7 o'clock. All right, everybody. Everybody's going nuts. Everybody's going nuts. The left side and the right side, and I'm not going to get too into this. Okay, people are entitled to their opinions Everybody's got an opinion. Uh, comedy is subjective. Uh, so I'm not going to get into what I think is right and what is, is wrong. I will tell you this. Uh, I do know Michelle Wolf. Um, we were actually hanging out in uh, for a little while in Toronto not long ago. And then we were actually going on the same airplane and we were um, flying home from Canada. And we were talking about that. And... Um, Congratulations to Michelle Wolf, who has her own show, her own uh, late night talk show that's going to be on uh, Netflix called The Break with Michelle Wolf. So uh, check that out. Now, Michelle got asked to do the correspondence dinner, and it's a very stressful gig. Okay, uh, I know people in this, you know, if you're not in this business, you know, you're going against, you know, definitely a different type of tight ass crowd. You're going up against, you know, these people that are a little pretentious. You got to think about it. If your job is to write about other people and report on other people, you're going to be really fucking judgmental when somebody's job is to headline a White House Correspondents Dinner and be funny. All right, so you got to go into it knowing that. I ran into Michelle at the Comedy Cellar and we were just talking about like, yeah, you got to put together. It's it's When you got something like that, you just got to put together so much stuff and, and, and you know, you got to make sure you're on it and writing and all that stuff. And, um... You know, anyway, so she did the job. Now, I have to say this up front. I did not see her whole 19-minute set. I did not. I probably saw about five, six minutes of it. And all I want to say is what you have to understand is this. Forget the jokes if you liked them or not. Forget that, okay? that's It's not about that. You hire a comedian, it's fair game, whatever happens. Now, some people want to say she went a little too far with uh, that Sarah Huckabee woman. Uh, some people say you hired a comedian, and and you know you can never, you know that's that's what you can get, you know, whatever you feel. But here's what I want to say. Again, guys, again, 
when you hire a comedian, okay? When you hire a comedian, and I'm sure they did research on her, and I'm sure they kind of had some idea of her work and her jokes. She's done late night. She's got stand-up online. She did an HBO special, guys, okay? She did an HBO special, and I'm pretty sure in the trailer, you know, she was talking about feminism. She was doing stuff like that. You kind of get an idea of what somebody does. Here's the bottom line. Put aside, put aside if you liked her jokes or not. And understand that there is free speech in this country and you hire a comedian. To me, regardless of the jokes, whether a joke was great, whether a joke fell flat, whether a joke crushed, regardless of that, you are hiring a comedian. Okay, in these political times, in this political climate, with an administration that's got people divided, for better or worse now, I'm not taking any sides here, I'm just looking at this as, a, as I am looking at this, and what I'm saying now is based on people sitting down, making a decision on who is going to headline this dinner and why they're going to headline this dinner. And the fact that it is a comedian, to me, means all bets are fucking off. I don't understand why, when you saw what Seth Meyers did, and the way he roasted Donald Trump and kept roasting Donald Trump and kept roasting Donald Trump during that, What do you think is going to happen when a comedian goes up there in this political climate and there's people there? This this fake outrage and shock and disgust? Say you didn't like jokes. That's one thing. Say, okay, I didn't like jokes. You know, nobody's going to go up there for 20 minutes and every single thing is going to hit and make everybody in the room happy. That's not how comedy works. It's not. I've done shows where I've killed then did another joke and killed, and then did a joke where people just didn't like it, and they looked at me, and then you know what I did? I went to the next fucking joke, and I hope that that killed or did well, and then I went to a next joke, and you hope, but you're not gonna, listen, sometimes, well, I mean, I'm very good, so a lot of times everything kills, I'm kidding, but not really, but seriously, in in all seriousness, when you hire a comedian to do this, what did you think was going to happen? I don't understand it. The, the, the press secretary of the, of the White House always gets shit, especially when it's more a, a Republican administration. You know, let's not lie to ourselves here, guys. The majority of the media are fucking liberal kids, that liberal students that went to school. And they're, they're definitely more. Listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and choose sides of anything in politics because I don't do that anymore. I'm done with that, all right? I really am done with that. But let's be honest and call it what it is. I think everybody in the world can admit, and if you can't, you're a fucking idiot or you're lying to yourself. The media in this country leans left, period. Always has pretty much and probably always will, or at least in my lifetime. It just does. It does. So you know that when you hire a comedian... That, that's trying to play to a crowd. They're probably, and, and you know, she's, she's going to say things. She wants to say things. I don't understand the shock and outrage and the disgust and comedy is dead. No, comedy's not dead because you didn't enjoy the comedy. You know? It's like, it's like when Seth Meyers was there and he shit on President Trump and shit on President Trump. And President Trump just sat there and watched it. And I will give Trump credit for one thing. He just sat there and watched it and then he fucking just became president. Which is kind of fucking gangster, for whether you like it or not. I mean, anybody who doesn't think that that's some sort of redemption when you're watching somebody just basically... I mean, I'm not saying Trump hasn't bullied people. But when you're seeing somebody in the audience just get roasted, 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 and then become president, 
Okay, you know, whatever. That happened. Kudos to him. But what do you think Michelle Wolf is going to do? What do you think she's going to do? Is she going to fucking just, you know, stay there and just, you know, not roast people that's up there and just do like these nice things? No, that's not how comedy works. Know what you're getting. Know there's going to be jokes that some people like and know there's going to be jokes that are offensive to people and people aren't going to like. That's fucking comedy. If you're not offending somebody, if you're not pushing the envelope, what are you doing? You know? So, and, and it's hypocritical. So I'm going to take it to another level now. Okay? Kanye West here. Kanye West is saying things. Now, I'm not saying that all the things Kanye West said is crazy. And I'm not going to sit here and say all the things that Kanye West said, you know, um, isn't crazy. You know, Kanye West is obviously a deep thinker. He's saying stuff. I think he's friends with the president. You know, he's wearing a, a Make America you know, Great Again hat. But here's what I don't like. Again, take out your political views of what I'm saying. I want to make this clear. I'm going to say this one other time. I, I honestly am, and I hope you guys are smart enough to take it. And you new listeners, I want you to understand this because I think the current listeners of my show understand and get this. Okay? If you listen to the Verzi effect, I am going to say what I feel in a logical, down-to-earth manner, and I'm never going to fucking use any political views that I have. I am a registered independent, and quite frankly, I think if you're on the far left or the far right, you're a fucking lunatic. I really do. I think you can't be spoken to. I, I, I just think you can't be talked to. I think that you're on a team. You're never going to waver anything, and you're not going to meet anybody halfway, and I think that you're the fucking problem. And then I think there's great people who are in the middle or lean a little this way or lean a little that way, but they're willing to talk to people, and that's the fucking that's the greatness of, of, of the country. So when I say this, it has nothing to do with political stuff. Please understand that. Now, that being said, I am not talking about what Michelle Wolf said or her jokes and I'm not even going to talk about what Kanye West said, whether you think that he's nuts or, you know, he said some stuff about how he thought the slavery for 400 years was a choice. He upset a lot of people. I could understand how he upset people with some of the things that he said. I, and I could understand some of the people that liked some of the things that Kanye West said. The same with Michelle Wolf. However, some people, hypocritical people, are saying that Michelle Wolf has the right to say whatever she wants to say, and if you don't like it, it's the First Amendment. Well, so does Kanye West, okay? That's the thing. Michelle Wolf and both Kanye West, I don't care what their position is. Oh, well, they need to know they have responsibility. No, they don't. They don't have a fucking responsibility. You know who they have responsibility to? They have responsibility to themselves, staying true to themselves, and the family, their family and taking care of their families and the people that love them, and that's it. That's what they have responsibility to. They don't have a fucking responsibility to you. Michelle Wolf doesn't have a fucking responsibility to the fucking stupid journalists that are sitting there or the people on the dais. You fucking brought her there. You know, you assholes put her on an airplane and flew her to Washington. And you know what? She did what she wanted to do. Whether you liked it or not, that's, that's your problem. Same thing with Kanye West. Kanye West wants to go on TMZ and say shit. He wants to say that he likes the president. He wants to say this stuff. It's his right. It's the First Amendment. It's his fucking right. That's the thing. Just don't be hypocritical. It's amazing to me. Look, you probably have a friend or a family member that does this. Look around and see what's going on. Listen at your dinner table when somebody says, oh, well, I thought this was great. Oh, that's crazy. Or this is so crazy. How could somebody do that? Oh, but that was great. And then look at what side they are on. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, we're such fucking unhappy hypocrites. Everybody should be able to say anything. If I want to go into a comedy club and say, I wish I could pull out a gun and kill all you fucking people. You know? Sam Kinison did that once. And it was fucking brilliant. 
I know the people at the club that he did that to, and I know the club that he did it to, and I talked to the owner, <laughs> and they didn't like it so much. But Sam Kinison was on stage with a trench coat, and he goes, how do you people know I don't have a shotgun right now, and I'm just going to fucking start killing you? And there was, like, uncomfortable laughter, and he just kept going with it till he cleared the room out. He got him so fucking nuts that, you know, I told the story before, but that was his right to do it. You're coming to a show, and you're seeing comedians. Anything goes. You know, obviously not, you know, violence. I mean, if the guy did pull out a gun and start killing people, that's not part of the, you know, that that's where. But I'm saying you could say anything you want. You can. You could say anything that you want. You know, obviously you should be a little smart about it, but I, I just, don't be hypocritical, okay? If you like or didn't like what Kanye West said, okay, then, you know, it's got to be the same way the other way. You know, oh, well, Paul, you know, one's about racism and one is about going at an administration that nobody likes. It doesn't matter. It's their free speech to say whatever the fuck they want. That's the beauty of America. And it's the same people that always say, oh, free speech is great, free speech is great, that get, like, appalled. That's the funniest thing. They're the ones that get all crazy. Uh, all right, so that that's what my stance. I'm not going to get into it anymore. I just think that um, two things happened this week uh, or within the last week, and um, both the outrage on both sides I just think is is um, just know where it's coming from. And I get it. Listen, I get it. If I'm African-American and I hear Kanye West say that for the, the slavery and the, the – if think about it though like this. Honestly, if your ancestors were enslaved and beaten and you heard all these horrible stories about how they were beaten and killed and hanged and all that stuff, and then you see somebody that's big in pop culture and big out there going, oh, that was a choice, I, I could understand how people get upset. But I'm just saying – that it is his right to say that. So if you don't like him or you don't want to say that, but then then the same thing goes with the Michelle Wolf thing is, is my point. All right? There, I'm done. I said my piece. I think that makes sense. To me, everything I just said makes perfect sense. Um, if I'm wrong, tell me. Write to me. But again, if you do, if you do come at me and write to me and tell me that, understand I'm not taking sides and it's not about race or politics. Then you could say something to me and I'll have the discussion with you. Because I'm talking about free speech and able to say it and people saying that one should not be outraged because they're allowed to say it and the other should. It's the same thing. This is the United States of America, people. You can like whoever the fuck you want to like, okay? You can like whoever you want to like and if it doesn't, ha it doesn't have to be popular. Kanye West lost 9 million Twitter followers right when he said that he liked Trump or that, you know, when, when they saw him wearing a Make America... Great again hat. He lost 9 million things that day. But it was his right to put on that hat. And he took a picture with it. It's his right. Because you know what? <laughs> Social media allows you to do that. You could put a camera on your fucking head and take a picture and, and all that. So there you go. Um, here's my unacceptable, everybody. I went to the mall yesterday. Okay? I went to the mall. First of all, I go to a sporting goods store, local sporting goods store, not far from my house in Connecticut. And I asked if they had a cup. I was looking for a cup for my son's Little League. And, like, they didn't have it. They were like, ah, we only have cups. We don't have the things you put them in. And she's like, do you have the underwear that the cup goes in at the house? It's like, no. How the fuck? Why would I have? Yeah, that's what I have. I have those laying around the house. Yeah, we got a bunch of, we got a bunch of, you know. Baseball cup holding underwears in the house. We just need the cups. No. 
And then they're like, oh, we're really sorry. Maybe we should get some in since it's Little League season. Do you think? You think that that would be a good idea? Since Little League started a week ago and kids are going out there playing, do you think? So I, I go to this local place thinking, oh, they're easily going to have it. No, they don't. They got all, just cups with without it. So then I go to Dick's Sporting Goods. I get my son the cup. Ate at Chipotle, which, uh, you know... I, you know, I guess it's my fault, but as I was getting my Chipotle, uh, you know, meal, I said sour cream, and I said light with everything else. I said light lettuce, light light cheese, light rice, chicken, and then I just said sour cream. And this guy put a fucking glob of sour cream in the middle of it. Just a big, it was just a bunch of sour cream. And um, it overwhelmed the taste and ruined it. And as I'm and I'm going, you said light on everything, and you don't even eat sour cream, you dickhead. That's your unacceptable. But my unacceptable for the week is, you know, when you go to a mall, and it's a packed mall, okay. And I don't know how. I don't know if, if the same thing is in your neighborhood, but how come every mall is packed every day, every lane, no matter what time, every mall. It's as if they just didn't have enough park. I swear to God, I went to a mall. Yesterday was what? Yesterday was Wednesday. Midweek, people are working. You know? Not quite the weekend. You still, you're still you in the middle of the week. You got shit to do. I must have got there what time? Probably 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. this time. Okay, maybe a little after lunch. and And it was packed. So I'm going up and down, and you know when you try to find somebody, pull out, and you do, and I start going, and I'm like, I'm, I look down one lane to my right, and I see that it's packed, so I keep going, and a lady in a red Jeep Wrangler, wouldn't you know it, yapping her fucking head off, and she just starts pulling out of the Jeep Wrangler, and I'm looking right, and I obviously... It's my, I'm going, I have the right of way because I look to the right, one lane was empty and packed and then I start going to the next and she just pulls out in front of me with never looking to the left. She's never looking to the left. She's just going, she looks to the right and I just fucking honk my horn. She stops, looks over at me on the left and I kind of put my hands up like, were you going to look because you, you need to stop here while I pass. And she just looked at me and I told her to go ahead, and not in so much disgust, just like, yeah, you almost fucking hurt both of our cars and caused an accident. Go ahead, you moron. Kind of like that. And she just looked at me and smiled and said something and kind of laughed. And what I interpreted was like, she kind of did it like, oh my God, it was my fault. I'm sorry. Thank you. Like so fucking oblivious. And it was so unacceptable. And then her and her dumb girlfriend walked out of the Jeep just in space, go, yeah, you know, let's go to the mall. Just stupid, dim-witted assholes not paying attention. And so the unacceptable is not that she pulled out and almost hit us, even though that is unacceptable. The unacceptable is that when I let her realize what she did wrong and I still told her to go ahead, I still said, all right, just go now because you almost hit us and you're halfway out, just go. She like looked and smiled like, oh my God, my bad, like it's okay. It's not okay and it is your bad and it was almost both of our bads, you dickhead unacceptable. Oh, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Everybody's pissed. I'm just getting to, uh, you know, people are pissing me off lately again. I think I need a massage. You know, you just go through these things where you just get pissed and you need a massage. I just, you know, 
you know what it is? I just hate judgment. There's just too much judgment. And uh, yeah, I know that, that I know that it's like off what I'm saying. But I just feel like we live in times now where there's just so much judgment on everybody. And there's so much critiquing on everybody. And since the profession that I'm in deals with that a lot, it, it's just annoying to me. Because nobody, it seems like the people that are judging aren't putting it out there. Do you know what I mean? And this has nothing to do with that, you know, that Jeep bitch. I'm not, forget her. That was just my unacceptable for the week. But I'm going back to something that I want to talk about. Do you notice that the most people that judge aren't putting it out there? You know? And, and I will use my profession here, okay? But even a journalist. You know what a journalist is? You know, a lot of times, some of them are great. And some of them just want to report the truth. And I get that. Um, so I don't want to put all journalists under this umbrella. But these, these you know... I guess you could say like this access Hollywood and this, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the, the what, what do you want to call it? The, the TMZs or, or the tabloids or all of this just junk trash reporting on people that have accomplished way more than any of these people ever have. They're really just audience members. Do you know what I mean? You're a fucking audience member. And I, I, it's so unbelievable to me that an audience member isn't going to do everything in their power to enjoy the show, whether it's life. You know what I mean? Whether it's a comedy show, whether try to enjoy. It. Now, sometimes you're gonna sit there in an audience member and not not enjoy it, and and you're gonna have to write about it. All right. I saw a couple of Broadway plays that if my job was to write about them, I would have shit on them. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought Aladdin stunk. It stunk. It did. Elf Elf on Broadway or Elf at Madison Square Garden stunk. They were just bad. It really was. We were just sitting there like, what is this? It was not good at all. The genie in Aladdin was good, like I talked about. So if I had to write about that, I would just write about the performance. If my First of all, I would never be a critic of people, artists doing something. But if I was, I would try to be honest, but I wouldn't be an asshole. But it's so much judgment. You know how easy it is to be an audience member? When you're just sitting there in the crowd, in the dark. And I'm not just talking about comedy or shows. I'm talking about in life. Journalists. I'm talking about people that even work nine to five and watch stuff and see stuff. And they just get to critique. They have no idea what it's like to live in that artist's shoes. They have no idea that that artist that they're critiquing or that artist that they that outraged them has a family and has kids. They're just an opinionated asshole who's not fucking happy. I truly believe in my life. If you spend your time on social media doing stuff and being outraged, you're lacking something. Okay. Your mother or father fucked you up. I said to a crowd once, it's fucking easy being an audience member. You're just sitting there in the dark judging me when I'm up here being honest and vulnerable and bearing my fucking soul and doing my art. And like, granted, it is what I chose, but it's like, fuck, it's easy to be you. Just sitting there in the shadows. Fuck you. You know, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing in, oh God, I'm definitely angry on this podcast. It just, it just hit me. There's like I'm 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 clearly defensive and angry right now. I don't know. I had an I had an annoying night last night on stage, and I'm just in a mood. So for better or worse, people, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get me a little bit different today. But I don't care because it, it's you know I just feel like uh, you know it's like I don't. 
like, you know what it should be outrage? It should be outrage on, like, Bill Cosby. That shit is like, it feels like that just went away. Do you know what I mean? It's like that fucking guy was a monster. Bill Cosby was a monster. He threw fucking pills into women's drinks and raped them for decades. Raped them for decades. And then it was just like, okay, it came and gone, and I get it, and he's going to jail. But it just feels to me like people, it's like, it's like not even a, it's like, what the fuck? Like, that's some shit that you should be critical of. That's some shit. Not some comedian telling fucking jokes at a dinner, roasting people. Not some rapper saying that he likes the president to get out. Like, what the fuck are people doing? Harvey Weinstein's not just walking around somewhere. Just fat gray and fucking walking around somewhere. He's like raping, raped people. Like talk, like I don't understand. I, I just, I, it just drives me nuts. Nothing that people are going to do is, is ever going to be okay if you don't like them. Do you know what I mean? If, if, it, it just sucks. Like the division in the country too. It's like if Donald Trump did stop this North Korea shit, because it looks like he's got this fucking heavy set North Korean dude like smiling. It looks like I swear to God, it looks like any minute they're just gonna you're just gonna be see a picture of him playing like you know Nintendo Switch together, laughing, you know. And if he does, no, he's not gonna get credit for it because it's just it's just that's just the way think that things are. But I just feel like the attention is on, like you know. I mean, again, I think I mentioned this, and if I did, I apologize because I don't want to sound redundant. But like I heard a grown man say, "Oh, we're less than a month away from the royal wedding." What else, what else is big in the news? It's just like, I just can't believe how like, I hate to shit on America because I love America because it's the best country, but like the shit we care about and talk about is wild. I mean, fuck. Um, I, you know, I just, let's talk about how much Jersey sucks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Jersey. Um, and I do want to get into that. Speaking of that, I was in Atlantic City this week. Shout out to the Atlantic City Comedy Club at the Kiss Kiss Club at the Tropicana. Thank you, people who went out. I know that I had some podcast fans. I know I had some people come out to Atlantic City and and do that. Um, It looks like I'm going to be going back to Atlantic City at the Borgata, at the theater in the Borgata. Sometime in the summer, I think July-ish, I will let you guys know. But, uh, you know, we went to the White House now, I don't know if you guys know this, but the White House is a sandwich place in um, Atlantic City, and it is insane. It's like a two-foot-long regular. If you get a half, it's like a f- over a foot long. A half is over a foot long. So it, it's like this two-foot thing. The bread is incredible. Alex, shout out to Alexis Guerrero who told me about it. He said it's one of the best Philly cheesesteaks you'll ever have. It was. They had a meatball sandwich there. It was like Frank Sinatra, everybody. They have a wall of all the famous people that go in there. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's probably in one of the worst neighborhoods I've ever been in in my life. I mean, it's in the outskirts of the Tropicana. It's probably eight, nine blocks away. And you feel like there is a chance your life will be taken on the way to get this sandwich. I think that's why the sandwiches are so good because there's a chance it's going to be your last meal. All right. It is a shit hole of a neighbor. I'm sorry. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about, though. But shout out to the place. Alexis Guerrero ate there so much during the weekend, and he bought T-shirts on the way out. Um, 
but yeah, it was not the safest place. But well, I when I tell you, I had a half of a half. So I had a, like a six or seven inch Philly cheesesteak and then a six or seven inch meatball. And it was seriously two of the most delicious. I mean, it was really good. I would have liked the, the Philly cheesesteak one to be beefed up a little more. But uh, the meatball one, I can't believe like the amount of meatballs they were given for the quality. It tasted like homemade with homemade gravy on it. It was insane. So if you go to Atlantic City, you have to go to the White House. Okay. And it is, um, you know, so delicious, so good, packed out, so it's hard to get a seat. But if you get there in like the off-peak times, you will get a sandwich that will knock your socks off. So check that out. Then, you know, the shows were great. We hung out. We smoked a cigar in a, in a lounge that they have there, a, smoke, a cigar lounge that they have there at the, uh, at the casino, which was awesome. Um, so definitely check it out. Thank everybody. You know, even though I shit on it for like the first five minutes on stage, <clears throat> I always goof on Jersey, you know, I, I always, uh, yeah, I just always goof on Jersey, I always goof on Atlantic City, I mean, let's be honest, some of the people, you know, I mean, when you go to Atlantic City, you know, it's, you know, it's like Vegas's like dumb head wounded injury cousin that nobody talks about type of place, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shithole, but it's, it's a, it's a fun shithole, and I got waitresses in this casinos from like 1987, still there, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, but, but I, I really had a good time, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, if you go, I didn't gamble, I'm not gonna gamble, that's the thing, you can't gamble the money away when you go there, and, and everything like that, but there was definitely some elements in the crowd that were just yelling, one guy just kept yelling, he was sitting there with like a crocodile Dundee hat on, and he kept pointing to himself and waving, and it got to the point where I was just like, how are, how are you hanging out with this guy? You guys think you're going to get laid walking around with this asshole and this hat on? I go, look at this guy. And they were just like looking away from him. They wanted nothing to do with him. And I go, sir, you're just fucking up the flow of everything. I go, every time I get some sort of momentum, you just say something stupid. And it wasn't even in a mean, malicious way. Like from either of us, it was just in like a shut up way. But he was, the dude was so, this dude was drinking from like three o'clock. He actually probably held it together better than I thought he would. Because when we first got there, there him and all of his boys were just yelling and screaming before the host even came on the show. So, uh, you know, so before you get mad at me, Jersey people, understand the element that I've performed in front of and I've been to there. All right. Um, but I do thank you guys for coming out and definitely check that out. And again, I will be over at the, um, at the Borgata guys. I saw a movie. Where are we? Let's, let's see if anybody, let's see what we have here. Um, oh, yeah. Shout out to Jack Shipway. Jack sent me something. He said, Hey, Bersey, uh, been messing around drawing plush buses this week. Hope you like them. All the best to you and your family. Keep up the great work. Trenton's finest. See, he's calling me Trenton's finest because he knows that I don't like Jersey. Or that, you know, I fuck around with Jersey. So he wrote, he made a plush bus. One of them he drew looked like some like post-apocalypto, like what's it called? Mad Max one. But then you drew one that says public transportation is hashtag unacceptable. And then Trenton one way, Westchester another way. Um, and then it says a Ruby and Hound with a picture of Lloyd. I appreciate that. 
and then my freaking bald ass in the driver's seat. It says plush bus. You actually made the top of the bus look good. I actually like that design with the glass on the top and the sleek. You know that that could be good. That could that could be uh, that could be nice. So thank you for that. And then I don't know these other ones. I guess. Anyway, those are great. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jack, for sending those pictures of the plush bus. And let me know, guys, if you have any Shark Tank, um, what's it called? Shark Tank, you know, pitches that you'd like to say. Because I, I just, I'm fascinated with the show. And I'm fascinated with the pitches. I always have good ideas. Here's one. Oh, no, I think I think I talked about that one with the, with the, um, the cigar. What about if they were able to make something... If you go to a cigar lounge. Ready? I'll give you guys another one. I'll give you guys another one. Two different things that, that you could do with this. Ready? This is more of, yeah, this will be Shark Tank type of type of inventions. What about something called, or when you go into a smoke lounge and your clothes are smelly, right? Your, your clothes smell and you just, uh, you know, the hair is all fucked up. What if there was a spray? Or what if there was something that absolutely repelled smoke going near you? So as the smoke flew, like went over to your jacket. Sorry about that. I just hit the microphone. As the smoke went over your jacket, you just saw the smoke kind of roll over your shoulder. Like you saw it go away. Call it like the smoke coat or something. So you come up with a fabric that is just smoke cannot penetrate into it. All right. I don't know about the hair thing. The hair thing might be unless you put on a fucking hat. Or what if you came up with a spray? A spray that you sprayed on your clothes when you were going to smoke and the spray repelled the smoke. So when everybody gets out and they all walk outside and you smell everybody's shirt, yours just doesn't. You know, there's a lot of people that like tobacco, but they don't like the smell. There's a lot of people that are like, yeah, my clothes smelled, my closet, this and that. It's happened to my wife too. When I come home from a cigar lounge, oh, put your clothes over there. They smell like cigars. Coming up with something that just does not allow it. I think that that's a great one. However, I do not have the education or background to come up with such a potion. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to do that, but somebody does. You can't tell me that there's not some cologne maker who knows how to do this. You can't tell me that there's somebody who knows about smoke and knows what repels it. So you put those two people together. You put a cologne person together, you put a smoke expert together, you come up with this potion, <clears throat> you spray it and you become a millionaire. There you go. Sell that on QVC. Lori, right? There's another one that's mine. So I got the plush bus that you could smoke on. And now when you're smoking on the plush bus, you're not even going to smell like it. There you go. We'll have a ventilation system anyway. But if it's just a smoke filter, you just spray the stuff and there you go. Works for weed. All right. So all you potheads don't have to worry about smelling like weed on your clothes. You know, I'm hitting all ages with this one. Whether in high school or... You know, you're just a degenerate in your 60s. You're not going to smell like shit when you go around your relatives and you're not going to smell like smoke. There you go. So either something called the smoke coat or the spray. Or you get a package deal. You get the spray. All right. But if you're going to go into an area whatever and whatever, for whatever reason, you have a coat too. There you go. Probably not as good as the plush bus, but I think I'm onto something. If any of you people make that, I want residual. I want, I want money back for that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I saw a movie 
with Mark Wahlberg, Christopher Plummer, and Michelle Williams called All the Money in the World. And it is about the uh, Getty family whose grandson was kidnapped in 1973 based on true events. You know, Getty Oil, Getty Gas Stations. The guy went out to Saudi Arabia. You know, he got the in these oil fields and he just fucking has more money than whatever. And uh, his grandson was kidnapped in Italy and they wanted a ransom for him. And he was just like, no. And the mother of the kid was like, this is your grandson. How can you do it? And he's like, you know, he was kind of a ruthless guy. He had like 14 grandkids. He did love his grandson, but... Um, and it was the, I'll say this, the acting was really, really good. You're not going to see some big shoot them up. It's more of a story based on true events, how the kid got kidnapped, the negotiations with the ransom money between the, what is it? The Getty, the, the, the head guy and Mark Wahlberg was kind of the, I guess the the right hand, like the security or like the protection of the grandfather. And the grandfather said, you know, why don't you go look into this or whatever. And then Mark Wahlberg and the mother develop a relationship, not like a together relationship, just like, you know, he's not doing the right thing by his grandson, you need to help me. And then Mark Wahlberg starts to realize she's right. And then they try to go and they try to do things to get the kid back. Uh, Really interesting story. Uh, fascinating uh, about somebody with all of that money in those times. And, you know, the acting was just superb acting. I mean, the, the, you, it was really great, man. Christopher Plummer's a monster. And, um, you know, the mother, Michelle Williams, I believe it was Michelle Williams, right? I'm going to make sure about that. But, yeah, so uh, it's long. It's about two hours and 25 minutes. But, again, you're not going to see some shoot 'em up um, you know, crazy, you know, cars exploding type of movie. But this is just, if you want to see a true story, if you're into that whole type of thing, but I thought it was really good. I will tell you right now who is definitely in it. It got 78%. It got 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the cast is, yeah, Michelle Williams, Christopher Plummer, Mark Wahlberg are in it. And uh, it's it's really good, man. It's really, really good. So check that out. It gets the Verzi effect. Uh, go ahead to see it. But again... You're not going to be, you have to like just want to see a story. You know, it's almost like, you know, trust me, it's not, it's not nuts. But there are, there are a couple intense scenes and there are scenes where you get a little scared for the kid and all that stuff. So uh, check that out. All the money in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, my New York Yankees are flying right now. Flying. Okay. They won what is it, nine of their last ten? Wait a minute, yeah. They, they, what did they do? They swept, holy shit, yeah. They swept the Twins, then they swept the Angels, then they won two out of three against the world champion Houston Astros, and now they're playing, actually, I think they're playing right now. They are, they're playing a matinee today. So the Yankees are flying high and uh, all is good. I got to say, though, what a fun team to watch because if it's not one of these guys, it's the next one. You know, if it's not Didi Gregorius, it's Judge. If it's not Judge, it's Stanton. Gary Sanchez hitting three-run walk-off home runs. Uh, the pitching in the bullpen has been great. So everything, the Yankees are up right now 2 to nothing in the second. 
with uh, two runners on, I believe. Yeah, the Yankees are just something is clicking, and this team. And here's the thing: the Red Sox, who we're in the race with for first place, they keep playing bad teams that are in fourth and fifth place and winning. We're playing the best teams in baseball, and we're winning, and we're staying right there. I think we're only two games back, so I think the Yankees are going to pull ahead soon. Um, and uh, there you go. So I mean, what could you say? Tiger Woods, what does this say? Tiger Woods is uh, the PGA. He's what is he? Is he play? Yeah, this is the first round. Is this the first round of the of the Players uh, Championship here, or am I wrong? Oh no, never mind. It's the Wells Fargo Championship. It's not. Uh, but Tiger Woods is trying to. They're 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 really trying to plug, push Tiger for this year, and I hope he gets one more. You know, nobody wants the guy to get one more. I, I'd like to see the guy get one more. But I'm thrilled with the Yankees. I am thrilled with what the Giants did in the draft. Uh, the New York Knicks stink. As you guys know, the New York Knicks still suck. We're looking for a coach. We're going to get a coach who hasn't accomplished anything yet and needs to accomplish it with us. Our star still has a bum fucking leg right now. We don't have anybody else playing with him. The second best player on the team is like probably a third or fourth option on another team. He's still very good, but it's just uh, it's tough. You're watching these playoffs. You're watching LeBron James do things that I've never seen. I mean, this guy is just putting teams on his back that have no business winning these games, and he's just winning in the end. It's wild what he's doing. I mean, he's not, you know, to me, he's not Jordan or Kobe, but he is the best player in basketball now, and what he's doing with this bum team is amazing. Um, you know, so, I, you know, I just feel like if the, um, if the Cleveland Cavaliers do go to a finals, I would be shocked. I bet a lot of money that they would not. It's also amazing what the Boston Celtics are doing without Kyrie Irving. They may go to the finals in the East. I'm sorry if I lost you on the podcast because I'm talking about sports now, but I have to do my little sports thing because good things are going on right now. The NBA playoffs are a lot of fun. I think the Golden State Warriors Rocket Series is going to be great. Um, I think that all of the people that were doubting some of the Yankees, like John Carlos Stanton, I think they're going to – wait, tell me he went yard because he hit two yesterday. And if he hit two yesterday and we're up two nothing, I can find out right now as I do this. Uh, no, he did not. He did not. Somebody did something, but no, he did not. It was a, or it was a couple of hits. Okay. So no home runs, but they got a couple of hits, and they have um, Tanaka on the mound pitching right now, a shutout. I know it's early, though. It's only the first couple of innings, but I will take it. The worst we could do on this road trip was 5-2, and two, everybody, and then we come back. The Yankees are 20 wins to 10 losses, and they are 9-5 and five away. That is a really, really good fucking sign. Uh, I know you people, a lot of you people listening to this hate the Yankees, but some of you that don't, come to New York when you visit and go see the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. You will not be disappointed. It is a very fun team to watch. All right. Let's... Um, Let's move on to a couple of other things here that we could talk about. We still have some time. Um, I don't want to get right into the uh, unacceptables right now. Actually, you know what? I'm, it's late, man. Guys, I'm sorry. Send, resend me your unacceptables or I'll read them next week. Um, send me them after. 
uh, and you know, again, if I can't get to them, I'm just trying to pick like really good ones and funny ones, but definitely submit. And I love the first time submitters. So if you're a first time writer, I will definitely read your, your, uh, unacceptable, just send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Um, wanted to talk about something that was really awesome and meant a lot to me. Um, I don't know. Should I talk about it? It's kind of personal though. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, I'll say this. If you guys heard one of my uh, recent Patreons, by the way, thank you, Patreon listeners. Um, it's May 3rd. You are going to get a bunch more uh, soon. I got some feedback from you guys saying that you loved the last couple. I had uh, somebody from Blue Sky Studios on, uh, Ferris Webby, talking about the animation stuff. We did do a thing on, um, I did talk about somebody very close to me going through a depression and I stepped in to help out, and I do want to touch on that real quick, and um, you know, and this will be like a second part to it, but I will let the people know kind of what was going on with that, um, you know, uh, in a in a different way. But yeah, and then I I talked, uh, I did another recent one too on Patreon, and I got some more uh, Patreon pledges. So thanks to all you people pledging the three dollars. It's only three dollars to get extra Verzi Effect content, and there's always guests, and, you know, there's always just extra stuff, and people seem to like it, and there's no more levels, there's no more this, there's no more that as far as money. Three bucks a month, and you will get just multiple more shows. You'll hear back stuff. You'll hear me driving home from New York City talking about the night. You'll hear me with comedians. We'll be smoking cigars. We'll be doing this. We'll be doing that, so check it out. There's pictures up. Um, I did a draft review after the Giants got Barkley. I talked about my feelings about that. There's some pictures up and stuff. So definitely check that out. I really do appreciate and love you guys for doing it. I mean, you guys are uh, the true Verzi Effect fans, and I really I really appreciate you guys. You know, I know it's only $3, but $3 is $3. You know, it's, what, 12 bucks a month. You know, um, actually, let's be honest. It's not a lot of money. You, need, you fuckers need to pony up and give me some more pledges. Um... I talked about somebody very close to me going through a rough depression and uh, somebody that I love dearly and somebody that I couldn't let sit by and do it. And the reason why I'm doing the second part of this one on this one is because more people need to hear it. I talked on the thing about just people reaching out and stuff and, and you know, you could hear that. If you go to the Patreon, you could hear that one, okay? But I just want to give an abbreviated version and then give an update on what's going on. So somebody very close to me was hurting bad, <clears throat> bad to the point where I needed to step in, and I knew that I did. And uh, the advice I gave was you just can't drink, and you need to talk to somebody and maybe get on medication, but those are the three phases, and I'm going to be with you through every phase. I'm going to call you every day. I'm going to text you every day. I don't care what's going on in my life. Yes, I have a wife and a family, but I care about you dearly. I don't want anything to happen to you. Uh, I love you, and I'm not going to sit down and, and, and let this happen if I can do anything about it. So um, I decided to really put forth a, a plan for this person. And the one thing that this person needed to do, and I said this, is you need to want to be helped. And luckily, they did. And uh, I'm very, very happy to say and report that we are 16 days sober with this person whom I love and care for dearly. Um, this person was in bad shape to the point where depression gets to its worst. I don't want to get into other things, but let's just say when depression gets to its worst and people reach a certain point, it was getting there. 
and um, they are 16 days sober. I, um, you know, they got to talk to a doctor, and that really helped. They are now going and, and working out every morning, um, telling me that their life is completely starting to get better and changing. The next step is finding out if there is any kind of, you know, chemical imbalance or something where they might, you know, get on to some sort of dose of an antidepressant, which is nothing to be ashamed of, which is fine. I've always been an advocate for that. If it's going to make you have a better quality of life, I did it from my crippling OCD and thoughts, which made me sit there for like 45 minutes, not able to move because I didn't understand why I was having these awful thoughts. And it took the edge off and it helped me. Um, anybody listening to this, no, it will not affect your creativity. No, it will not. If you get on the right medicine and the right dose, you will be the same exact person, just feeling better. And that's the point. Get a doctor that knows what the fuck they're talking about. You know, if you get on a drug and it makes you feel like you're in a trance or you're just this fucking, you know, you know, just sitting there like your brain is just sitting in this even place and your body's doing just sitting there, then get off of it. There are things out there that you, that, you know, I remember before I got on medication, my, I was like, is this going to change me on stage? Am I going to be funny anymore? Is this, I need, I need, is my thought process, you know? And they were like, no, that's a great question, but this is for this and this is for that. And I went years with it. I went years without it. I went back and forth. I was the same person. So if you need it, you need it and you could get better. Okay. But this is to help anybody. And like I said on the Patreon, if one person listening to this helps them, just understand no matter how fucking bad it gets, okay, with your depression. If you do certain things like stay sober, listen to people who love you, go speak to somebody and give a little bit of your burden to a professional who studied this and you get on medication, it will help you. Also, eating right and sleeping right is all part of it. It's all part of the brain. It's all part of the brain chemistry, right? So 16 days sober now, seeing a doctor, feeling amazing, can't believe they were in the state of mind where they were just so tired and beat up of life. And uh, it's an amazing thing. So um, I was going to do that on the Patreon, but I just felt more, I just felt like a responsibility to tell everybody here, you know. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to get into too many details. I mean, I, I obviously never mentioned who it was in my life, but it's just somebody close. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. So um, it's nice to see somebody that was so defeated and down and hopeless, truly hopeless, to going like smiling and laughing and being good and uh, it, it feels great. So take that story and know that, you know, it does get better. But you can't self-medicate and you can't drown it. That's the one thing I learned about people that are truly happy and that people that mask their happiness. Okay, you could see it in their face. They're weathered. They're tired. They come to your house with a smile. They come to a social event with a smile and they act okay. They're fucking miserable because they're drinking. They're not happy. They're not fulfilled. And what needs to happen is you need to be sober for a long fucking time when you're going through it. And you need to just face the problem head on. And, and then once you're able to admit the problem and fucking say, yeah, man, I was in a bad place, I'm depressed, but I know what it is, I'm sleeping right, I'm eating right, and I'm addressing the issues, you'll get better. So there you go. There you go. I went from a little negative podcast up front to, you know, it got to a little Dr. Phyllish there again. But it can, um, it can only help you to hear things like this because uh, the amount of people that are fucked up, it's wild. And... 
and I, I'll come full circle on this podcast right now. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I know this one was a little more, I guess, edgy or tense or whatever, but sometimes podcasts just need to be real and fun. Uh, I mean, real instead of always just fun, I guess. But I hope you're having fun because you're listening to my stupid ass rant about shit that I clearly didn't study for or have no background in. I will say this, though. People said to me, Paul, if you weren't a comedian, I could see you being a psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, but this will come for full circle. You ready? And I didn't even plan this, but this is almost like a callback of the podcast. Um, I think that what I was talking about, about the um, Michelle Wolf and the Kanye West and the tabloids and even the president in politics, I believe that it's a false anger a lot. You know, it is a false anger a lot, and it's project it's projecting. Now, this individual that I was helping would get angry a lot and say things about things in society and be angry, genuinely fucking angry. Like, I don't understand it. How can we live in times like this? And this is fucking genuinely angry. And I said, listen, you're not angry at that. This is all a projection. You're projecting this. You can't be that angry at that. You can't be. You know, these people that see something on the news and just shake their head and are like genuinely disgusted and upset, it's not all that. I'm really convinced of that. Yeah, of course you could be disappointed. Like, oh, how could they do that? But like, you can't be like, like, all right, if there was a dude throwing babies off of building roofs, right? That would be reason to be like, that piece of shit needs to be found and publicly shot in the head on TV and fuck that guy and being really upset, okay? These people that beat animals up, I get that. But when you see something, like so-and-so's lawyer says they're going to fight this and, and this and that, and that, you know, and, that it's, and, and people are just like, how could they, this is, and like dominate their conversations, it's them. And there is something missing. And what that person needs to understand is instead of just continuing life like that and continue to drink it, there's such a happier place to be. And I think that when people have anger and people have like, I think when people have anger, they need to sit down and go, okay, what am I, like look in the mirror, what am I really angry at? Okay, let's use Donald Trump for an example. Because he makes half the country's angry at him, and the other half the country loves him. So let's let's talk about somebody that that's angry at him, right? And this is not about politics. I'm just using him as an example. You hate what he's doing, and you can't believe it, and this is so wrong, and then this and that, and and this and and how could this be? And and he's he says things about women, and he he's, he does this and that, and he's you know the the thing with Russia, and this is such an outrage, right? All that shit, all that shit. What are you? Here's what's going to happen, people, okay? <laughs> the President of the United States is either going to get in trouble for the things that you're outraged over or, guess what, or have a chance to be out of office in three short years. And then what? Then all of that anger goes away when the other candidate that you want that's not going to change your fucking life at all comes in and then you're happy? Think about it. Think about it. It doesn't, it, it's like the funniest thing to me, you know, it, it, it's like when you watch somebody, you know, with the OJ verdict, when the OJ verdict came out, people cheering, other people upset, you just go on with your life, okay, the judicial system sucks, that's what happens when people have money, now go get a slice of pizza and go watch your son's Little League game and enjoy your fucking life, 
It's it's a projection from within you. If this if I titled my podcasts the way some people do, this one would be called projection. Just think about it. Okay? And no, I don't have all the answers. I tell dick jokes at night. All right? I'm a comedian. I go on stage and I fucking dance like a monkey sometimes for people and I make them laugh. And I'm not happy doing it unless I'm being real and honest and saying the things on stage that I really want to say. You know, that's the truth. I love what I do because I'm able to say the things that I want to say. So I may not know everything or have the education on everything. And you could say, you know what, fuck you, shut up. I don't want to hear your opinion, just make me laugh. That's fine too. Sometimes I will, sometimes I'll just rant and I'll say shit. But today, I just feel like being real and honest. I just feel like saying things that that bug me because maybe this is my therapy. Maybe this podcast isn't about you. (laughs) You know, maybe it's not about you. But, um, you know, I do feel this way and I do talk to people that go through depression and they do tell me that I'm right. And I will say this, I've talked to professionals. As a matter of fact, I talked to the doctor that is helping this person who I care about. And the doctor told me all of your advice was perfect. And he studied for years and he said, everything you said is exactly right. And he also is a substance abuse counselor and a psychologist and he said, I'm right. So yeah, you could say, Paul, shut up, you're some, but I I get it. I get it because unfortunately, since the third grade, I've had to speak to somebody on and off because I'm mentally fucked up sometimes. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% mentally healthy and I'm, I'm not, and I'm, and I'm fine with that. I have mental health issues that I deal with, that my wife deals with. I think part of it comes from me being, you know, exceedingly, you know, intelligent, probably usually the most socially intelligent person in the room, but uh, (laughs) I'm kidding, you know, but it's okay. I guess the end of the day, it's okay. Uh, And this goes for anybody, man, anybody, you know, soldiers, if you're listening to this, I know you got that fucking tough pride, you know. I'm a soldier shit, but I know you went through some shit. I know there's times that it's really hard and shit. Um, and I think about that. I'm like, man, if I was a soldier and I saw some of the things that these guys see. Oh, boy. The Verzi effect just jumped into some deep waters here, man. We are getting deep here, guys. This is fucking deep. Episode 354 is... Uh, yeah, I didn't plan to go down this road, but now I'm talking. Um... But I'll say this because I think about that and, and nobody, you know, or I should say not enough people puts themselves in other people's shoes, you know, but um, what soldiers see and what they go through and how hard that's got to be, you know, you're a soldier, man. You're seeing people die. You're fucking seeing lives taken. You're taking lives. Somebody's trying to take your fucking life, all that shit. And then you come home and you got to just, you know. It's like, what was it, the Hurt Locker? The guy's just walking around a fucking grocery store thinking about the shit that he saw, and it could be hard. And if you are going through it, I would say this. Don't drink and talk about it and just try to face it on, and I know it's hard, but I think that that'll just, after the tough part of that goes away, I think it'll go better, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I try to put myself in all the positions of people that feel bad, Sometimes and depression because I got to tell you that 2016 depression I went into hit me so hard But it also made me realize a lot of shit It really did Um, so 
anyway, I, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to keep getting into like depressing shit, but I seeing seeing somebody dealing with it the proper way and facing it head on and actually talking about it and then seeing the progression of happiness, I would be doing you people a disservice on my show, okay? Because I have a ton of people listening to my show from all over the world, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but knowing this shit and seeing the shit that I saw with somebody I care about, how can I do a radio show? How can I do a podcast show and see that knowing that all of you people tune in to listen to my shit? Some of you people even pay $3 to listen to my shit. How could I do that and not say it if I know that one of you people can be healthier and happier? It wouldn't make any sense for me to just know what I know and learn what I learned with depression and seeing this person and just come on and be like, yeah, so unacceptable. This bitch, you know, she's walking in the mall and shit. She's got no shoes on. What are you doing, cunt? Like, it doesn't make sense for me to not address it is, is all that I'm saying. So there you guys go. Okay. Uh, I hope that helped a little bit. Don't sweat the small stuff, guys. Okay? Just don't sweat it. Everything is going to be okay. All right? It's like that naughty by nature. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right now. It is. It's going to be okay. You know? You have your whole fucking... You have eternity to be fucking dead. And you know what I mean? So while you're here, relax. Just fucking relax. Have a good time. Enjoy. If you feel bad, all right, there's going to be a bad day. Mama said there'll be days like this. But do, you know, just, but just don't do the man, fuck this. And you just drink and hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And you fucking snap. You can't do it. You can't have it. What do you say in, uh, in Goodfellas? Yeah, I can't have it. You got to go home. We, 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 we can't have it. Just can't have it. Um, so. Did we accomplish anything today? Probably not, guys. Okay, probably not. But I feel better. And uh, I got to tell you, this is one of the first podcasts I ever did in my life. Literally. This is 354. This is one of the first podcasts where I'm truly just talking about my thoughts right now. I am. I'm just talking about my thoughts right now. And how I feel. And how I see the world. And I know that I can't make people see it the way that I see it. But... Um, I don't know. I really don't know where the fuck this podcast went off the rails of me doing this, but I just feel like I just wanted to do it. So, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's good to just, just say shit. Like, you know, like, I don't care about your feelings. Is there something wrong with that? Like, I don't care about your feelings. Not you guys listening, but like the, 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 the public, the people just don't care. I told my wife the other day, I said, babe, I think something's happening. And she goes, what? I go, I'm just like, I don't care if I offend people. I'm just going to say it. I just want to say it. You know, there was a part in um, Howard Stern's movie Private Parts where he was, I think he was at a gas station pumping gas in his car. And he's telling his wife, and, you know, this is when he was like moving up in radio. And he was like, I just want to, I just, I have more to say. I just want to do more. I want to say more. I want to be more honest. I have more to say. And like, yeah, so anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope it could help somebody. If it helps one person, it was great. Um, check out All the Money in the World. I think you'll like it. Most importantly, guys, June 10th, 7 o'clock, Palisades Mall, Sunday night, Kevin Lanto, Benefit. 
And um, tomorrow night, guys, I will be at the Comedy Cove in Springfield, New Jersey. That's right. Oh, shout out to also All Things Comedy. All Things Comedy podcasts, albums. Check them out. They got a bunch of content, new shows on allthingscomedy.com. You can follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. That's where my podcast is. Check out City Living Dog, City Living Dog, and Coach Mike doing great work with these dogs. Check out all of his uh, videos on uh, Facebook Live and YouTube and all that stuff. Um, Springfield, New Jersey, this Friday night. Uh, what time? I'll tell you guys the time right now. How about that? Uh, did you guys check out the new Paul Verzi website? It's fucking awesome. I love it. It looks great. Uh, let me see here. Shows. Yeah. So what is it? Comedy Cove at 9 p.m. Friday, tomorrow, May 4th, Springfield, New Jersey. Check that out. I will be there. Probably shitting on New Jersey. No, not really. Uh, then I will be at the stand Fr- uh, late show Friday tomorrow, and I will be at the stand two shows on Saturday. So New York City this weekend and Springfield, uh, New Jersey tomorrow night at 9. Check out those dates for all dates. My brand new website is up. It's got all dates and more is coming. So please check it out. Thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 354. Um, if you know somebody who's in uh, need and ha- is has depression, and is going through it, let them listen to this episode and let them understand, you know, what, what somebody went through and what they're doing now. Okay. Cause this is a, it's a, it's an important thing for them to know if, if you're going through it, you know, I hope you get it too, but if you know somebody make sure to, all right. And, uh, there you go. This has been uh, TVE 340. I mean, 354, uh, till next week. I'm out of here.